Registration for the Fall Leisure Guide was to begin today at 8 a.m. It did, and then it stopped because it crashed. And it crashed so bad that the city had to suspend registration so they could scratch their heads and figure out what is going on. Talked a lot of football because Chris Strebler, the former Winnipeg Blue Bomber legend, after a wonderful, amazing preseason with the New York Jets, is now set to be cut. And of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers getting ready for the Labor Day Classic. Wade Miller joined us for Breakfast with the Bombers. Speaking of the Bombers, former bomber John Rush says Friends is a bad TV show. And what's something you're into these days that once upon a time you never would have given a second thought? I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's on Connecting Winnipeg this week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, August 30th podcast for The Start. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg once again today from 10 until 12. Day five of Brett working from home. And uh, Mr. Mackling, we're often annoyed to start Tuesdays. And I I would suggest that the both of us are feeling that way as it pertains to something we want to start with here. And um, you know, I, I don't want this to feel like deja vu here, but I think we got to go back 24 hours because this is a piece of audio that we played yesterday at this same time. It's from the New York Jets locker room and the NFL, the National Football League. They had just beaten the New York Giants 31-27 on Sunday off a game-winning touchdown pass from former Winnipeg Blue Bomber Chris Strebler with 22 seconds to go, and everyone's happy. Just had that mindset to absolutely dominate day in and day out and own your freaking moments. With that said... such a great team here. What a way to end the training camp, end the preseason. Let's keep this momentum hey, going he's the So everyone's happy, or so we mm. thought. Greg sends me a tweet yesterday evening from Adam Schefter. Who is Adam Schefter, Mr. Mackling? ESPN senior NFL insider, which means uh, essentially the NFL feeds him a bunch of stuff to make him look like an insider <laughs> and to give him things that are going to be common knowledge within anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours of him posting. And last night, Jets informed quarterback Chris Strebler, who helped lead the team to an unbeaten preseason and also led the team in rushing yards this summer that they plan to release him Tuesday and that's per source and what was your reaction Brett McGarry sports are dumb Mm, sometimes they are dumb Doug Brown I posted on Twitter immediately as a retweet of Schefter's tweet did not imagine reading this tonight or tomorrow or the next day I think we all you know, and and I, I mean, I'm, we're no football expert, uh, you, I, but we did have Derek Taylor on, and he felt pretty comfortable that Strevler was going to be sticking with the Jets. Doug Brown, who played in the National Football League, said it only makes sense on two fronts. One, if he didn't compete well against the starters in his own camp, 
Two, he didn't play against any starters in the preseason. But even if both those conditions were true, he still should have won the third string job. So Chris Strebler looking for, I'm sure, an NFL job first and foremost. Uh, I, I know it's impossible not to imagine or even dream about a scenario of Chris Strebler returning to the Blue Bombers at some point uh, in this season as they head toward the playoffs. But uh, Chris Strebler definitely will be looking for NFL work. And, and this has really come as a huge surprise. Robert Soleil, the head coach, you played a clip there. You heard from the coach of the Jets, uh, also quoted on Sunday as saying Strebler had had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, you know, hyperbole being what it is, uh, camps of all time in a National Football League, and then the team decides to move on in, in a different direction. It, it, it is Adam, frustrating, and, and, and I like your word dumb, Brett. Adam Big Hill from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tweeting as well, what a joke, that's the NFL for you. Uh, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterback Matt Nichols also uh, weighed in I believe I'm just trying to find that but uh, but yeah it was along the same lines that he just he couldn't believe that this news uh, I'm just seeing if I can pull that up here uh, this game is so ridiculous sometimes it says Matt Nichols and I guess the the deal here is that Strebler was sort of a last second pickup and they already had three QBs so they gave him a shot and just decided they're going to stick with the guys that they had. But you have to imagine, and, and for anybody wondering, like, why do we spend so much time talking about Chris Strebler? He was a beloved member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He did so much for this team, for this community, and he's just a super fun, likable guy. His, his Grey Cup parade shenanigans are legendary and gained, uh, you know, headlines of not just in Manitoba or Canada, but elsewhere. Uh, he's just a great guy, and we are rooting for him. So you've you got to imagine, though, after his performance this preseason, that that the the entire league must be on notice at this point. You would imagine so. Curtis, uh, one of our loyal listeners, uh, knows his uh, football stuff, says this shouldn't surprise anyone. Most NFL rosters are decided before preseason starts, uh, which then you know indicates to me that the whole rigum roll of NFL training camp uh, seems to be a big waste of time but it is what it is obviously and I geez I can't believe I just said that out loud but it is uh, a situation that uh, is is fluent for Strebler and you and I also admit to having some pretty personal feelings about Strebler as as I think we were his first major interview here in this market we interviewed him uh, I think before he even tra- came to training camp once upon yeah, a time it was, it was days after they signed him or they 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 signed they they added him and then a couple of days later they put him up to talk to us and breakfast with the bombers and we were looking at each other like who the heck is Chris Strebler? And uh, so we started doing some research and watching highlights on YouTube of his days in college when he was in South Dakota. And we thought, oh, this guy's pretty good. And uh, he, we had a you know a super fun time talking to him. And we just felt like, hey, this uh, this guy could amount to something. And and very quickly he did. So yeah, we'll keep. Obviously, we're going to keep an eye on this Strebler situation and hope that he pops up somewhere else because he's only a few games away. He only needs a handful of games in the regular season to qualify for that NFL pension. So, of course, we're all. Of course, we'd love to see him back in Winnipeg, but at the same time, how can you uh, 
how can you not uh, root for somebody chasing down their dreams? Hundred percent, and obviously his connection to Winnipeg uh, is forever. And uh, anyway, yeah, uh, we'll be looking out from last night in Winnipeg as well. I know we got to move on here, Brett, but. Uh, Party time in Winnipeg, a, a, a packed house at Canada Life Centre to see the Backstreet Boys, a little bit of music renaissance and remembrance. And, and uh, you know, this is a, a trip down memory lane for a lot of folks. So is going to the Palomino Club, at least for this guy. And am I to understand a couple of the Backstreet Boys were out on the town following last night's show? Yep, they were at the Palomino Club last night. They were up in, uh, they, they've got sort of a, an upper lounge area, a private room, and then they were they made their way down to the stage, uh, as per from what I saw on social media, and they were performing live at the Palomino Club. So yeah, it looked like a jam-packed show. And speaking of music, Kyle, we got to get out here. But uh, it looked like a, just a packed house at Canada Life Centre. I know Kevin Donnelly, when he spoke with the news yesterday, said that there were only a couple hundred seats left, so you got to imagine they sold those tickets. And it looks like the Backstreet Boys had a great time in Winnipeg. They golfed Rossmere on Sunday, from what I understand. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they had a blast last night as well. Before we talk about something crazy happening in Toronto, and before we tell you how you can win Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets in our next segment, I want to say thanks to a couple of listeners for weighing in. They went to the Backstreet Boys show at Canada Life Centre last night. Looked like a blast. Uh, for so many people, it's nostalgia. I still listen to the Backstreet Boys. Some of their music is among my favorite ever, and I have no shame in admitting that. There's nothing wrong with liking music that makes you happy. And uh, Renee, uh, weighing in, Mr. Mackling, do you see her text? I sure do, and I'm with you on that front. I love the Backstreet Boys myself. Seen them in concert a couple of times, in fact. So uh, Renee says, I was at the BSB concert last night. It was a fun show over the last few years. Brian Luttrell has had some voice problems that were showcased in an Amazon Prime doc- documentary I watched, and it showed during some of his solos last night, but otherwise they all still have strong voices. The energy of the first half was a bit slow with lots of ballads, but they turned it up in the second half and sang their most popular songs. They were also very playful with each other and showed that they weren't taking themselves too seriously like they probably did 20 to 30 years ago. And yes, I'm feeling a bit rough this morning after just five hours of sleep, but I'm a mom of two kids under three and they'll be waking up soon. So no choice but to deal with it. It was worth it. Thank you for that, Renee. And Kim saying the concert was amazing. So nostalgic and loud. I just, and she sent this text like at 6.15. Kim saying, I just arrived at work. I'm not sure how I got here. Signed former twisted sister kim so i kind of stopped and said like the transcona ladies slow pitch twisted sisters <laughs> and she says is there any other and uh, the reason i asked that is because that's the team that my mom played for once upon a time the twisted sisters and uh, kim says our team christmas party which my mom hosted at the beginning of december was always the uh, <clears throat> the uh, the best start to my Christmas season. So, Kim, thank you for that. Uh, he caught me off guard with that this morning. So, thank you. That means a lot. So, um, thanks to if, if you went to the show last night, if you're just waking up, you went to the Backstreet Boys concert yesterday, uh, let us know at 204 780 6868. How was it? And how are you feeling? 
this morning. In the meantime, here's a question are for students. Are you a student searching for affordable housing? Last month, rental platform Zumper listed Winnipeg as one of 18 large metro areas in Canada that has seen a month-over-month increase in rental costs with rent on the median one-bedroom apartment at $1,100 and a two-bedroom at $1,380. The Social Planning Council of Winnipeg says there are close to 50,000 families in the province who are consistently facing affordability pressures. Yeah, and so over the weekend, Brett, this story out of the National Financial Post says that in Toronto, lack of supply is one of the reasons rents for one-bedroom apartments have increased 20% since last year with monthly costs now averaging, you thought it was expensive in Winnipeg, $2,269 across Greater Toronto. So that's the average or the median depending on the uh, on the uh, calculation and that's right across metro toronto so you can imagine that in, in some parts of 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 toronto that number is much higher than that and this average rent means that in at least one shelter in toronto students represent a higher percentage of their clientele now than they did 3 years ago according to mark aston who works at covenant house in toronto in 2019 26% of the residents there were students of which half were college or university students and he says now that number is over thir- uh, over a third the story was eye opening and and had us wondering what the situation is here in manitoba brett and uh, what was your strategy for housing when when you were in post secondary well i was lucky in the sense that i i just stayed in manitoba for school i went to the university of manitoba for 3 years right out of high school so i just continued to live at home and uh, I pressed pause on schooling because I realized I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I liked psychology uh, because I took the first year in university, I took the prerequisites for the faculty of management of commerce. And uh, so there was psychology and economics and some other stuff like linear algebra, uh, which was I, I couldn't tell you how to do any of that now. And I took a statistics course, which was a an elective and um but I really liked psychology. So in my second and third years, I just basically took psychology classes. And uh, but I realized I had no idea, no idea where I wanted to go with it. So I just kind of stopped and thought about my life. And I was 24 years old or approaching 24. And I thought, okay, well, I either need to a just move out and uh, and work or b go back to school. So I went back to uh, Red River College, now RRC Polytech, and took creative communications so I could pursue a career in broadcasting. And at the time, I was told that I could stay with my parents rent-free. So that's what I did. And again, I'm very thankful for that because the idea of having to either choose to somehow afford a $2,300 apartment in Toronto or stay in a homeless shelter, I just... I. Having to, that that choice seems unimaginable to me. Yeah, it, it is quite the choice that some students are having to make here. So, uh, a couple of questions here for our listeners. Uh, 
first one, are you in that boat? Are you a student maybe looking for affordable housing in Winnipeg, in Manitoba? As you pursue your post-secondary career, we'd like to hear from you, 204-780-6868. And then on the general conversation side, what what was the strategy or is the strategy for your kids when it comes to housing during their post-secondary years? In our house, we've already told the boys, uh, your first diploma or your first degree you're staying put. <laughs> you've got, uh, you know, bedrooms and you've got uh, a warm place to sleep at night. We can we can help you out and, and you're more than welcome to stay as long as you're in school and you're pursuing these things. Uh, it's not always that way. So be curious to hear uh, where you're at, what your strategy is as a parent, what your situation was as a child, because I just am trying to wrap my head around this. But say you get a even a partial uh, partial, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Scholarship. Brett? Thank you to a prestigious school. Uh, that, that maybe covers your tuition and maybe your books or some of your books, but having a place to live and having a huge obligation like that, even if you get a couple of roommates, you're still looking at seven, eight, $900 a month for, for rent. And then there are other living expenses attached. And on top of that, I, I moved out when I was in university and I was struggling to pay $320 a month in rent. I can't imagine trying to come up with the amount of money that's uh, being discussed these days. Yeah, $2,269 for an average one-bedroom apartment. I could afford, if that was my rent right now, I could afford it, but I wouldn't be able to afford anything else. It would be my rent, my groceries, my car insurance, my other bills, and that's it. And that's no way for, I wouldn't want to live that way. But if you're a student uh, trying to, to scratch a, a, your way past, like so a lot of students just can't work because their school uh, situation is too much. So I don't know. That just seems crazy to me. So um, I'm sure this won't be the end of this story. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. It's day five of Brett working from home, hopefully back on Thursday. We have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Wine Festival, Saturday, September 24th, the afternoon tasting. And we are basically going to take yesterday's topic and flip it. Yesterday, we asked you, what's something that you used to be passionate about, that you used to care about? And uh, it's just kind of fallen away, but you kind of miss it. Well, today, as per listener Warren's suggestion yesterday, Warren said uh, another topic opposite of today's. What are you into today that in the past you never gave a second thought? 204-780-6868. Could, doesn't necessarily have to be something recent. Could be something that maybe you've been into your entire adult life, but you hated when you were a kid or thought, no, I'll never, I'll never do that. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win, and we shall pick our winner at 9.15. So let's go around the horn here. Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you, sir? For me, it's dogs. I used to not be a huge fan of dogs. Mostly I was scared of them due to a couple of incidents when I was a tyke. But uh, my girlfriend is a dog, and when I met her, what do you know? Suddenly I like dogs, and I really do. And uh, her dog, Luna, I've really come to uh, just adore and love. And sometimes she spends uh, the weekend or a week with me to 
from schedules and stuff like that when my girlfriend's on vacation or whatever. So uh, I've, I've become a dog person, and I truly, truly did not expect that would happen in my lifetime. What kind of dog? Uh, a black one. <laughs> <laughs> Big, mm-hmm. small, medium? <laughs> it's a cocker spaniel. <laughs> Good thing we're not counting on Jeff Braun to do the police sketches or anything like that. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that's great news, Jeff. Because, uh, yeah, I remember in our early times at uh, CJOB, you were not a fan that's of right. the dogs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. The things that happens when we fall in love. Aww. Cameron Poitras, what about you? Uh, F1. It's got to be F1. I never thought in my entire life I'd watch car racing. I thought it was so lame. Um, like, oh, oh, just a bunch of guys driving around a track. Wow, that's entertaining. Um, but last year in F1, I really got into it at the very tail end of it. It was so exciting with like, uh, Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton and stuff like that. So I've, I started tuning in. I started watching it. I, I'm up early on Sundays anyway. So I just, I turn it on. Uh, you know, Verstappen's got me into it. I'm watching Ferrari clown themselves uh, time and time again, this entire competition. It's fantastic. And it's pretty cool. It's all over the world. Um, it goes everywhere. Uh, it's like a real worldwide sporting event. They have it's it's all over the place. Um, the driving is fantastic. Like the like how fast these guys go and the turns that they take and you know opportunities to pass and the team aspects of it. It's it's really exciting. Yeah, the TV ratings for F one have exploded over the last three years or so, Cam. So yeah. that's a fascinating one. Have you been watching any of the uh, the Netflix uh, specials, the inside look, for, is the speed ones? I can't think of the name of it off the yeah, top of my I, head. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it. I know Richard Cloutier, uh he was watching it too, and he was talking to me about it, and him and his son – uh, they want to go to see an F1 race and they really got into it because they're watching a Netflix show. But no, I haven't, I haven't seen, but I know a lot of people have gotten into it because of how fantastic that series is apparently, but I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Drive to that, survive is the, is yeah. the name of it. Drive to survive. And that was actually a listener Eve who won yesterday's contest saying the thing that he used to be into was NASCAR, but he just can't seem to be bothered with it anymore. Uh, even went to date the Daytona 500 and saw the qualifying races for that. Mackling, what about you? It's plants and flowers and grass. Uh, my mom <laughs> definitely, <laughs> my mom had yeah. a black thumb, so we never had any flowers or plants in our home uh, growing up. The only ones we had were the plastic ones uh, that that couldn't die. And now I don't have any greenery in my house, but outside I'm obsessed with it, with the flowers and keeping them trimmed and deadheading. I had no idea what that was 36, 48 months ago. Uh, I'm not as c- compulsive about about it this summer as I've been in the past because I've been a little bit busier with different things. Uh, but cutting the lawn, all that different stuff, I never, ever imagined I'd be one of those who uh, I don't cut my lawn with uh, scissors, but if I had the proper pair of scissors, I would probably use them. Wow. So you'd be like uh, Daniel San from the Karate Kid out there, like as uh, so you're trimming the bonsai tree, you just give it that whole treatment to the, the lawn. Yeah, and to the, I'm to the point now where I think my lawn is finished. Like I've done everything that I can do with it. It still doesn't look great in my eyes. So uh, next spring I've worn Jackie. It's all coming up, and we're putting down new sod in the front. And if I haven't told you that, Jackie, now you know. Somebody at work will tell you Surprise. that that's the decision that I've made. 
I mentioned the Karate Kid, by the way. The next season of Cobra Kai starts in just a couple of weeks. September 9th, I think, is the date. Uh, Kyle Milroy sitting in for Jeff Forte. What about you? Um, curling, actually. I never was into it as a kid. I was always bored when my dad would watch it. But uh, honestly, ever since I started working at CGOB about 14 years ago, and being able to kind of watch it in the newsroom with either Bob Irving or Kelly Moore or someone, and being able to ask questions about it without feeling silly, and just being like, what does this mean, what is that, and all the stuff, I just found to, I really found that I enjoyed myself. I don't know if I'd go see like a little uh, Bonds feel somewhere or anything, but I really love watching like the Briar and the Scotties and all that stuff. It's just, it's entertaining to me now. I finally understood. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I remember, um, I can't remember when I... When I first started watching curling, I just, I don't know, I was bored, didn't want to do my homework you know, when I was in school. So I turned turned on and I guess the Scotties was on and I started watching and then I realized I had no idea what was happening, but I was sort of entranced by what I was watching. And I got, I'm no expert today, but I still yeah, very much enjoy watching the curling on TV. This is an interesting one from Kristen who says, rakes. Never, like like rakes, yard rakes. Never did I imagine I would be as passionate about lawn rakes as I am today, but here we are. <laughs> I took this photo of the rake lineup for a review <laughs> I am considering writing. I care about everything from the flex of the steel to the type of material and length of the handle. It needs to be springy but firm. The, the tines need to be just the right width with the right space between them. I feel like a crazy person, but I guess there are worse things to obsess over. <laughs> It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. Today's Tuesday, which means Breakfast with the Bombers coming up after Global News at 7.30. And a reminder that we are giving away tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival. And we're asking you about something that you're into now that once upon a time you would not have given a second thought. What does Tara have to say, Greg? Blue Bomber football. I wasn't a CFL fan until my late 30s. Now I'm a huge fan and I'm now a season ticket holder. Matthew says, I've gotten into canning and making jam. That sounds delicious. Oh. <laughs> I'd be curious to know the etymology of that, Matthew. How did that happen and what uh, what kind of jam is your jam? And Gary says, chainsaws. Needed one to clean up a tree at the lake nine years ago, and I have been pretty obsessed ever since. I currently own just three, but I've bought and sold dozens in the last numbers of years have bought and sold all over North America and even a couple to Europe. I spent a ridiculous amount of time on an online forum. <laughs> wow. So I met Gary at the Blue Bomber game last week and uh, had a nice chat with him. Gary, I didn't take you for a chainsaw guy. I, I will uh, keep my distance next time just in case we anger you at some point in our program. <laughs> Knowing that you have that many chainsaws at your disposal all of a sudden got a little uncomfortable. So keep those texts coming for a chance to win the Wine Festival tickets. We'll give those away at 9.15. And later this hour, we have tickets to give away for the Red River X Fall Fair, which runs September 1st to the 5th. The countdown is on to the first day of school. Ask any school-aged kid, and they will tell you that summer has flown by. Ask a parent of kids of a certain age, and you will likely get a different response. I suspect so, Brett. Like it or not, next week will mark the return to the classroom and a return to the three R's. Well, maybe. That old adage which refers to reading, writing, and arithmetic, these days you'll likely hear students and teachers referencing STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Over the weekend, an article from the Canadian press caught my attention. The headline 
sort of who I am. Cree Youth hopes to inspire others with science videos. Why do sharks live in salt water? Why do sharks live in salt water? Because pepper water makes them sneeze. <laughs> nice one. Simon, what are we talking about today? Um, the water cycle. The water cycle. That is Simon the scientist and his mom Jacqueline. Simon has produced more than 60 science-based videos, which you can find on YouTube. He says that, quote, it wasn't really a specific thing that made me interested in science. It's just sort of who I am. And just uh, for other context on this conversation or for this conversation, Brett Simon is a Cree youth from Opasquiac Cree Nation in northern Manitoba. Getting kids interested in the STEM subjects can be a challenge, and our next guest would tell you it's critical. Doug Dokis, director of uh, Actua's Indigenous Youth in STEM program. Um, Doug, good morning. Good morning. So getting all kids interested in STEM subjects is important. So can you tell us about Actua? Sure. So we're a national um, charity that um, basically offers STEM outreach through 43 universities and colleges across Canada. So you'll see them in STEM summer camps um, located out of the you know, universities, colleges that, that all kids can participate in. And really it's, it's geared towards, you know, piquing the interest of young people and demonstrating to them the importance and connection between STEM and, and the natural world around them. So, uh, Doug, it's Greg here. And so why is it important we engage Indigenous youth with culturally relevant STEM programming? There's, a, there's a, another, I guess, step in terms of engaging Indigenous youth versus non-Indigenous youth? Absolutely. And, I mean, without getting into the historical um, reasons, you know, of uh, Indigenous youth not being successful in the education system, certainly Indigenous people have always known about STEM at the highest levels. So today, you know, we talk uh, in terms of Western science and technology and the advancements of, of that. But Indigenous people, through uh, engagement and understanding and use of the land, have always known about STEM at the highest level, quantum, astronomy, physics, um, you know, watersheds, land management, all of those areas that are STEM. And in order for Indigenous youth to be successful, and, and we argue all youth, um, they engage better when they have a clear understanding of the relationship between the sciences and technologies and the natural world or the, the land-based education around them. Now, Doug, uh, Indigenous peoples in Canada are underrepresented in STEM-related vocations. Do we know why? Uh, again, the historical reasons of the education system in and of itself um, certainly has has created barriers for um, Indigenous youth to participate in STEM. But as well, you know, there's there's um, you know fiscal, uh, historical, economical, social reasons why primarily you know lack of role models um, within those STEM fields and Indigenous. Um, young people and again you know lots of young people just don't see themselves um, being in STEM and so we have to do a better job of um, showing young people that STEM science technology engineering and math is not just for you know um, looking into microscopes or you know engineering buildings you know it's it's water management it's um, food sustainability it's climate change all of those areas that are locally relevant to, to kids and Indigenous people in particular, 
um, there is a place for them in those areas of study. So how is it important? Is it like someone like a young man like Simon the Scientist to be out sharing his excitement, the things he's learning within science? You meant that you mentioned that relatability and seeing those that that look like me doing these sorts of things. How critical is it? Important is it in the overall strategy to to see something like what Simon's doing? Uh, it's critically important. I mean, you know, I listened to his uh, introduction there and, you know, he, he related to the shark and the water, right? So not necessarily the science. So seeing, you know, other Indigenous people, and there are lots of them that are scientists, seeing them, you know, being successful and doing this work with sharks or with fish or with, you know, plant life that is within their region really excites them because they can see not only, you know, the, the local kind of, area around them, the relevance of the world around them, but also the people that they've grown up with being successful in those, um, in those areas of study and um, careers in education. Doug Dokies, Director of Actua's Indigenous Youth in STEM program. Thank you so much for joining us, Doug. This has been great. We appreciate the time. My pleasure. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg today from 10 until 12. We're asking you about something you're into these days that once upon a time you never would have even thought of. We've got wine festival tickets to give away based on your texts. We'll pick a winner at 9.15 and we have uh, something I guess that popped up, you could say, when it became legal to do so? I would say that's exactly right, Brett. Uh, anonymous. We have this in- individual's name, but he's asking, even this day and age, Brett, there is still stigma attached to those that choose to use marijuana. Our listener says, marijuana would have never even thought about it. I have some medical issues and did a lot of research and am now growing my own at home under the medical use of cannabis laws. Huge difference to be off the pills and into something natural that works and Somebody in my life is in exactly the same boat, and the difference is measurable in their mind. Don says, growing up, fishing was, in my opinion, the most boring activity in the history of the planet. Now I could spend all day sitting in the lake in my boat, lazily casting away. If I catch anything, that's fine. If I don't, that's fine too. I just thoroughly enjoy the relaxation peacefulness and quiet time sitting on the lake and Don I would kind of agree with you there I used to wonder like why would people want to do this but uh, I had the opportunity to go out on Lake Malachi with my friend Mike and his brother a couple of summers ago and uh, just being out in the middle of the lake just floating in the boats they found they had their magic spot some I don't know how they found it but they have one spot in the whole lake where they're like yep this is a good spot and we just sat there for a couple hours and it was quite relaxing. So now, even though I'm not an angler, I get it. Well, I was expecting this, Brett. At least one of our listeners, loyal listener Tom, says uh, John Rush is right about friends. Boo! Boo earns, I say. Boo earns to that nonsense and chicanery. Get out of here with that stuff. It's uh, Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. 
You're listening to the theme song of Friends, which in our opinion is one of the greatest television shows of all time. But we uh, mentioned earlier how John Rush tweeted that Friends is a terrible show and he doesn't understand why it's so popular. We've had several people weigh in agreeing with him. I believe Tom was one of them. Um, and uh, there are a couple of... Uh, Daryl says, I would rather watch paint dry over Friends or Seinfeld. <laughs> and or Marcus- Seinfeld? Or Seinfeld, oh, yeah. Oh, don't drag Seinfeld into this. This is going to derail the entire program. Mark says, friends, was the worst show. Not funny, not witty, don't get it. So to which I just simply replied to both of them, boo, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a game, there's a board game. Uh, it's called The One with the Apartment. Mm-hmm. And so you remember when they did the quiz show? So we have that game. We played it at the cottage a couple of weekends ago. We had an absolute blast with it. So, uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. So if you like friends, uh, seek that one out. It's a lot of fun. And just so we're clear, it's okay if you don't like friends. Yes, we're of just, course it is. We're just goofing off when we say boo, hiss. But uh, also know that you're wrong. Um, and uh, another thing is we are giving away Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets based on the things that we you know, that we might be into now that we wouldn't have thought about in the days of yore. What does Beth have to say? Four summers ago, some of my older girlfriends and I rented a cabin at Winnipeg Beach. Two of us wandered into the arcade in Winnipeg Beach to check it out. Awesome place. We started playing pinball and fell in love. Since then, we have been regulars at the arcade at the Forks. I would hazard a guess that we are the only two little gray-haired ladies that come and play pinball there. How cool is that, Brett McGarry? That's awesome, Beth. Thank you for that. And keep those texts coming for a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival. We'll give those away at 9.15. And a reminder that in our next segment, we have tickets to give away for the Red River X Fall Fair, which is happening September 1st to the 5th. In the meantime, producer Kyle, it's Tuesday just after 7.30. What does that mean? It means breakfast with the Bombers. The countdown is on to the annual Labor Day Classic in Regina, which for thousands of blue and gold fanatics means a pilgrimage west on the Trans-Canada Highway to the Queen City. 588 kilometers separate IG Field in Winnipeg from Mosaic Stadium in Regina. For some, the trip is an annual event. Wade Miller is president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club and has made the trip for the Labor Day Classic both as an executive as well as a player. Ever as a fan, Wade, in those in-between years? Not a chance. (laughs) No. (laughs) Would never go sit in those stands. That wouldn't turn out well. So, no. We'll expand upon that because uh, you suspect Ryder fans would quickly realize who you were and and you would be uh, elevated status in terms of public enemy status. Yeah. Well, I was around when the Banjo Bowl was created with Troy Westwood. So, uh, yeah, just by association, I uh, ended up on that list of uh, Ryder fans. So, I'll uh, just uh, travel and uh, stay. Stay out of the way and try not to get uh, stuck in an elevator in uh, Mosaic Stadium like I did the first year the stadium opened there with, uh, you know, 40 other Ryder fans for an hour. So I'm going to try. <clears throat> That's my memory of the first Labor Day. So oh, wow. In, in, in Mosaic Stadium. So with, with Bob Irving's wife, only two Bomber fans in there. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, an hour sure with that's... your uh, closest cousins uh, or their cousins, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Wade, uh, look, for some reason, 
the the Blue Bombers did not face the Rough Riders on Labor Day weekend back in 1981. But every year since, it's Manitoba versus Saskatchewan. This is one of three traditional matchups this weekend. Edmonton plays Calgary. Toronto plays Hamilton. But is there any doubt which rivalry is the strongest, Wade? Uh, no, not <clears throat> not at all. This one is unbelievable. Our fans travel really well to this game. Uh, you know, we set up in Brandon uh, to give our fans the opportunity to uh, buy merchandise on the way out there. And, uh, you know, we have an event the night before at the Crave Restaurant where Bomber fans can come down. I'll buy their first uh, Molson uh, beer and uh, drink down there. And, uh, you know, we started that about five or six years ago. And, and, you know, it's great to see how the Bomber fans take over Regina for Labor Day now. It's it's I was like that one as a player too, and it's just continued on for all these years. It's just a great tradition for the CFL. Hold on, where are you buying that beer, Wade? The <laughs> Crave. Crave. Okay, I'm yeah, looking that up right now. It's for anybody but uh, people in the broadcast. Business, oh, come, so. well, I'm going as a fan this weekend. I'm not working this okay, weekend, well, you Wade. Come by then. All That's right. Fine. I haven't. Then. Well, I haven't been to the game since 2001, and. You know, Wade, you listen to the show enough and you know enough uh, uh, about my love affair, quote unquote, with Saskatchewan. And it's all rooted in this rivalry uh, with regard to football. But I have to say this. In 2001, Regina was hosting the Grey Cup that year, so there were extra seats available. And it was an absolute festival around old Taylor Field. Can you at least tip oh, yeah. your hat for a moment? Just just a second on the no, job it's, it's, Regina it's, no, does? No, no, no. Yeah, Saskatchewan and Regina do a great job for game days, and it's uh, and they welcome our fans. And we have an area in the tailgate area, you know, for Bomber fans, and we'll do the same when the Banjo Bowl comes. And then, you know, taking the two best fan bases in the CFL, putting them together for two weeks in a row is just fantastic for our league and fantastic for both teams. So, yeah, as much as we joke around, it is great to have <coughs> Saskatchewan fans come here for Banjo Bowl. And it's great that our fans uh, travel so well to Labor Day. Yeah, well, and it's it's good too that it, it seems to be mostly a friendly <clears throat> rivalry, right? Because there are, there are oh, yeah. some sports cities where the the fans will was it Greg? Is it Philadelphia where they're complete lunatics towards oppose, opponent fans? Yes, and that list unfortunately has grown over the years. Places where you know if you're a fan of the oppos- opposition, you wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable. I mean, I know it's been twenty something years since I was there, Wade, but I think Blue Bomber fans, for the most part, feel comfortable when they're at Mosaic, yes? Yes, absolutely, and the same thing uh, the week later at the Banjo Bowl, and, uh, you know, we take precautions, and we actually put some of our security people in uh, Rough Rider jerseys and have them walk around just to make sure that our Saskatchewan fans that come to the Banjo Bowl are treated with the respect that they should, like any, any fan should be in any sport, so... And CFL fans typically are very good with that. So, um, you know, they love the game. And uh, it's just, it's a great back and back series. And, and throw out the records because they don't matter. In these two games, for whatever reason, over time, you know, records don't matter. And, uh, you know, these are two special games that are coming up. And with the Labor Day game in Regina and the sold-out Bangibles. So, it'll be uh, great to be a part of the next two weeks. 
Yeah, the Rough Riders lead the series 37 wins to 19. And yeah, it's lopsided. And you can go back and do the research on the standings in each of those seasons. And and as you say, Wade, it doesn't matter where uh, either team sat. Uh, The the Rough Riders just come out huge in this game. Yeah, it's like their uh, homecoming game. And, you know, it's our job to make sure that <clears throat> they don't have a great hole coming this week. So, uh, but every year it's different, right? Uh, so there'll be a lot of fun and a lot of excitement around the city and, you know, seeing everybody in in their blue jerseys take over the city of Regina. It's fantastic every year. And, uh, you know, I will say the guy that I, I probably shouldn't say this on air, but the guy that owns the keg in Regina is actually a big bomber fan. And so he, he came to a bomber game for his stag this year. Um, so when you go to Regina, the keg and crave are, are the places where where bomber fans are really welcomed. Oh, good to know. Some good intel, Wade. Thanks for that. And you mentioned before we let you go, you mentioned that you guys post up in Brandon on the way for those on the way out uh, to get merchandise. Where uh, will they find that pit stop on the way to yeah, Regina? It's right on the uh, side of the highway, and we'll have all the details posted on uh, our social media on uh, Friday this week. So, and the whole week ske- weekend schedule as well. Wade Miller joining us live on 680 CJOB. He is the president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club. Wade, pleasure as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. And we look forward to seeing you out there. Can't Labor wait. Day Classic. And by the way, if you want to win tickets for the Banjo Bowl, Rich and Julie have tickets uh, coming up this afternoon on the news, which is weekdays from 3 until 6. So, Greg, you haven't been to the Labor Day Classic for over 20 years? That's correct. What, what's, you know my saying, Brett. Kids ruin everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I took a little bit of a break. And uh, this year I'm taking the boys. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, uh, there's eight of us sitting together. Scott Mortland is making the pilgrimage from San Diego to Re- Regina. <laughs> yes. And then there's uh, there's a carload of us and then another carload of, uh, of friends that are coming out. So we went to the Winter Classic in Regina when the Jets played the Flames a few years ago. Had such a great time. The stadium, once again, with all due respect, absolutely spectacular. So really looking forward to this weekend. And, and no matter what what happens it should be a great time it is 747 with mackling and mcgarry mcnab on connecting winnipeg today from 10 until 12 traffic and weather your forecast looks good we'll tell you how good next on the start it's mackling and mcgarry mcnab is on connecting winnipeg she'll be in from 10 until 12 McGarry working from home, day five, feeling better, but uh, still testing positive, so that's annoying. Um, question of the day at cjob.com, brought to you by Credit Aid. Struggling with debt? Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. Canada's Rage Index has been released. How do you deal with your anger? 2% say I exercise. 10% say I meditate. 16% say me? I'm not angry. I'm chill. 31% say I do something that always makes me smile, and 41% say nothing. <laughs> I just stay angry. Cast your vote at cjob.com. And we're asking you for a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival. 
What's something that you're into now that once upon a time you never would have even given a second thought? What does Begsy have to say? Well, Tom telling us volunteering. We spend lots of time at Silo Mission. The annual slow pitch for a wish softball tournament is our favorite volunteer work was never in my vocabulary. I think that's outstanding. And Winnipeg has and Manitoba has the reputation as being the most generous province in Canada for years and years and years when it comes to charitable donations on the financial side. But I know we rank up there in the rankings in terms of the amount of time that we donate to charitable causes as well. So uh, that's something that uh, many, many Manitobans uh, find rewarding. And there's something special about donating your time, your money to a worthwhile cause, Brett. That's right. I mean, we see it anytime there's a big event. Um, because like, look at the Manitoba Open that was at Southwood Golf and Country Club that was in support of the True North Youth Foundation. And they had just oodles of volunteers uh, stepping up to help out. Uh, through that particular weekend. So, uh, yeah, Manitoba always does a great job with its volunteers. So great point, Begsy. Keep those texts coming for a chance to win, and we'll pick a winner at 9.15. And a reminder that in just over two minutes' time, we have tickets to give away for the Red River X Fall Fair, so stand by for your queue to call. But uh, speaking of calling or registering online, there's something that has opened up this morning as it pertains to this fall. That's right. So actually in five minutes and 30 seconds, registration will open for the city's fall leisure guide programming. And right at the top of the list, Brett, for most people are swimming lessons because kids want to learn how to swim. Their parents want them to learn how to swim. And the number of classes just isn't enough to to take care of the want and the need out there. So uh, we'd be interested to hear what your experience is, is as you get ready to call in, to log on, keep us updated if you would. Registration can be done on the city's white website or by calling 311 or in person at various locations. And if you're on your way to a location, give us a shout or shoot us a text 204-780-6868. If you happen to be listening and you're in a lineup, we'd happily bring you on the air 204-780-6868. And we, another great debate that we ended up having this morning, just kind of out of nowhere is regarding the television show Friends, because John Rush, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, decided to tweet yesterday that Friends is an awful show and he doesn't really understand why it's so popular. And uh, Greg and I were saddened by this tweet. But we are getting lots of support on our text line for John at 204-780-6868. Paul says Friends doesn't hold up, guys. Sorry. Same as Cheers. Cheers! Oh, Paul, we need a chat. And a few others. Seinfeld's still the goat, though. Well, you saved yourself with that last take, Paul. Well, and here's what I'm curious about in terms of doesn't hold up. Do you mean it doesn't hold up in terms of its humor? Does it not hold up in terms of its subject matter? Because I would argue that Seinfeld, in many situations, doesn't hold up, at least in terms of what would be acceptable on today's shows versus what was acceptable then a lot of the humor is outdated a lot of it you would be deemed inappropriate but so you have to look at it as a product of its time and i would so so how do you decide one isn't one doesn't hold up but the other one does i don't know uh, i i've recently rewatched the first season of friends i thought it was fantastic but 
Feel free to continue to weigh in at 204-780-6868. And Gee, now... Wes. Oh, my... Oh, Brett, uh, sorry to jump in here. I face the opposite way that you do when you're in the studio, and a rope just fell down in front of the window. I guess they're washing the windows today, but it's the first time that's happened. I'm 30 floors up. I'm not supposed to see anything whacking against the, the window. Sorry, it startled me. Holy <laughs> that. <laughs> Take a picture. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. I'm working from home day five, hopefully back in the studio by Thursday. And we want to talk housing prices. We talked rental prices at 635. But right now we want to talk housing prices in a moment. But before that... As uh, things often happen on this program, on this radio station, spontaneous debate occurs just thanks to an off-handed, off-the-cuff comment. And the, the debate this morning is, is Friends a good television show? And we are getting lots of feedback on both sides of that picket fence. What does Jim have to say, Greg? Well, Jim says, I didn't watch Friends in the 90s when it was on. I was a Seinfeld guy. Watched a rerun of Friends a few years ago and thought it was hilarious. Ended up binge-watching the entire series. Hooked! Now I rate it right up there with Seinfeld. Anyone who has had a group of friends like them can relate. So thanks for that, uh, Jim. On uh, the on that, that was on the plus side, I guess, for, for Friends. On the negative side, Casey just sent us a text message at 7806868 the city of winnipeg leisure registration site seems to have crashed yeah yeah karen said that uh she sent us a picture saying waiting for this to click on and add to cart it's been ready since 7 30 doing it for my grandson wish me luck and it's a red red cross swim kids level four and uh so she texted us that at 758 and then at 801 she says and it crashed so that's just great. Continue to let us know your leisure guide experiences this morning, 204-780-6868. And uh, if you want to come on and talk to us about your experience, we would love to hear uh, how it went for you. Right now, I want to talk about a report by TD Bank, which is suggesting the average price of a home in Canada could fall 20 to 25% from its peak seen just earlier this year to the first quarter of 2023. The report also estimates the number of home sales will fall 35% over the same time period. Some would say that's probably a good thing. That's the intention, or at least has been part of the intention of of the Bank of Canada in raising interest rates. And this will only affect you really if you've purchased a house in the last year and a half or so, Brett. TD economist Rishi Sandi says the projected price drop represents, quote, an unprecedented decline, at least going as far back as the late 1980s when the data began, but it follows an unequally unprecedented rise during the pandemic. So this is an important part of, of what you're hearing today from that report. The report notes the drop in national home prices would only partially retrace the 46% gain over the course of the pandemic. So if you could imagine houses going up 46% every three years, we would be in a much worse disaster than we already are in terms of housing prices in Canada. So as such, Sandy writes that the forecast can be more aptly described as a recalibration of the market instead of something more severe. And I think it's the context is always important, right, Brett? Long-term TD remains more 
positive on the outlook for housing because it says population growth should remain healthy, underpinning fundamental demand for housing. But uh, if I'm a homeowner and I, I see the value of my home skyrocket and then suddenly uh, not necessarily plummet, but to go down quickly uh, over the course of a couple of years to go up and then to go back down, I'm not really sure how I would feel about that. How would you feel, Mr. Mackling? Well, it's like a stock that you invest in, um, I'm, and I'm comparing it be, as an investment from the dollar point of view. It's only a loss until you realize the loss. So if you buy a stock, say, at $10, and it goes to $150, and then it, it retraces its steps and backs off and maybe settles around 100 yes, on paper you had a stock that was worth 150 bucks, but the price of that stock doesn't matter until you sell it. And so I know a few people that did sell their homes in the last couple of years to take advantage of the market as it was going up. I know people who bought homes at the same time who who were sort of panicking about the fact that, oh boy, um, is this a trend that could continue for years and years? So yeah, for somebody like me, I've been in my home almost 15 years now. Yeah, it was nice to imagine that the value of my home had gone up to some sort of imaginary number because it is an imaginary number number until you put it on the market and then to imagine that that number is going to decline yeah it's a little bit you know oh that's that's too bad but overall it's not really that big of a deal for me personally and one of the things one of the things that was discussed in that rage index yesterday had to do with uh, the rising cost of everything and inflation and the housing market was one of the things that was uh, high on that rage index. Our question of the day, by the way, for Credit Aid struggling with debt, call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. Canada's rage index has been released. How do you deal with your anger? But indeed, that was one of the, the primary things that people in this country were mad about was the the housing market and the you know the it like we know lots of people who had who tried for what felt like i'm sure for them uh what felt like forever to try to get into the market you know looking at uh five six seven eight nine ten houses before they can finally get into one and if that was me trying to get a house you bet i would be raging about that uh so maybe that maybe this is good news if you're a prospective home buyer because it looks like it's going to be a little bit easier potentially to get into the market, uh, provided, of course, you're in the you know, the financial position to do so. Yeah, the, in terms of the pricing, but of course, the, the monthly obligation may level out and balance out as interest rates continue to rise and, and the cost of a mortgage uh, increases. So this is, this is one of those things coming out of this pandemic and, and going through it. You knew there were things that were unsustainable, unprecedented, and to get mixed up in as few of those things as possible was probably the best strategy, as I have think I've shared on this air in the past. Brett, Jackie's late grandfather had a saying when it came to free. Somebody's giving away something for nothing, get as little of it as you can. And that's just some sound advice. When it, you know when things are going crazy and everybody wants to be involved, maybe that's the time to get out. Warren Buffett has a similar philosophy when it comes to stocks. When everybody else thinks the house is on fire, that's the time to buy. We also want you to give us a heads up on your experience this morning with the Fall Leisure Guide because registration started at 8 o'clock and it looks like we're having some problems here, but details on that in a moment. First, 
Reminder, we've got Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets to give away. And we also gave away uh, Red River X Fall Fair tickets uh, last half hour or last hour. We'll find out in a moment who won those tickets uh, from producer Kyle. But uh, we've got the Wine Festival tickets to give away. We're asking you about stuff that you were into today that you once upon a time never would have thought of. Like Kevin, who says, I always drove by Happy Land Park on Marion and I'd see people playing disc golf. And I, was, I would always say in my head, dorks, play real golf. After driving past the park every day for months and a year, guess who plays disc golf? <laughs> this guy. I love it. Green fees, zero. Startup cost, 35 bucks. P.S. Kevin says, friends sucks. Okay, we're going to put your friends comment aside for at least for the moment, Kevin. But uh, my son goes to, one of my boys goes to school in that neighborhood and, and it's part of their physical education uh, curriculum is to go and do the disc golf over at Happy Land Park. And he absolutely loves it. And then once in a while, I find myself in those in-between times where I'm picking up my kids and with my schedule, I might have time to sneak in a Dairy Whip burger or something like that. So I'll pick up a Dairy Whip burger and I'll go and park on one of the side streets that overlook Happy Land Park. And I love watching people play this disc golf I'm terrible with a Frisbee, and I know you're not supposed to call it a Frisbee, Brett. It's a disc, and they've got different ones depending on, you know, how far you are from the basket or from the hole, quote-unquote. I think I might have to try this. Have you ever done it? No, I haven't. It looks super fun, though, Uh, and especially when you pointed out, like, uh, I didn't realize that you get, you know, you carry a bag of discs. Yes. So just like you have a bag full of golf clubs, depending on how far you are, uh, you pull a different golf club. So it's, I, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. And yeah, for the, the $35 startup cost, that's uh, significantly less than it costs just basically to play a round of golf, never mind the startup costs. For uh, like, if you got, if you need a set of golf clubs, you're you're looking at uh, minimum a couple hundred bucks just for a starter kit, never mind a decent set. So mm. yeah, sounds like fun. And uh, bad who, news who though, can't... Brett. Bad news. What? There's no, uh, there's no beer cart at Happy Land Park. <laughs> sure, I'm sure we would survive. Um, hey, Chris, by the way, uh, for, uh, one more traffic tip here from Chris B, who says Louise Bridge northbound is closed. Uh, police are dealing with something there. So again, that's Louise Bridge northbound, and something that I'm sure a lot of Winnipeggers are dealing with this morning. Oh, uh, b- sorry. Before we go into the leisure guide, mm-hmm. producer Kyle, who won the tickets for Red River X Fall Fair? Kimberly Maruschek. Kimberly, Jack, congratulations. We've got more tickets to give away on for that on the news this afternoon, and we'll have another pair of tickets tomorrow morning on the start. But we're asking you about the leisure guide because registration start well, theoretically, Greg, it started at 8 a.m. That's right. And so I've been trying to get on this website with absolutely zero luck. I'm on uh, winnipeg.ca and then the appropriate sort of sub- uh, section of that web website, and I've clicked on the link a half a dozen times here, and it's just giving me sort of the sad face here. Oh, I got a white screen. Anyway, that's been the experience of our colleagues. I was just on a virtual meeting with several of our colleagues, and they are telling me, yeah, here we go. This site can't be reached. The connection was reset. Checking the connection. We've reached out to the city of Winnipeg via email to find out what is going on, how long we can expect this situation to last. And I know if you're listening right now, we know there's lots of larger fish to fry. 
cry right now in the world, but this is a big deal for a lot of folks. Getting their kids into swimming lessons in particular has been a challenge, not just this year, not for the last couple of years. This is going on 15 plus years, Brett. We went through some of the same rigmarole when our kids started swimming. And to add insult to injury this year, Heather Steele's telling us that the salamanders, the six-year-olds, five, six, seven-year-olds that might want to get into salamanders, yeah, you may have picked your ideal time slot, but Heather telling me that some of the classes have been already preemptively canceled, even though they were in the guide and you may have had those pre-chosen as your preferred time slot, even if you get through, some of these classes have already preemptively been canceled. And I just don't understand how it is years and years, you know, two times a year we go through this, the fall leisure guide. Well, maybe it's four times, fall, winter, spring. Is there a summer? I know that for sure in the fall and the spring with the, with the swimming lessons in particular, it's, it's just the same story over and over again. And it's just bad customer service from the city of Winnipeg. Taxpayers deserve better. Heather Steele is our boss in referencing the salamanders. And forgive me, Greg, what is salamanders? Oh, it's one of the entry level, one of the entry level swimming lesson levels. They've changed the names. I don't know what it was when you were a kid, but we never had these uh, amphibians uh, names attached to them. I think it was like colors or or beginners, pre-beginners, and we had life-saving and and uh, you know some different names, but uh, yeah, I got acquainted with these funky names uh, when the boys were young. Karen says at seven fifty-eight a.m. today, waiting for this to click on Add to Cart. I've had it ready since seven thirty, and that's swimming lessons for her grandson. And then at eight oh one, she texted us. So just three minutes later, she texted to say, "And it crashed." Jeez. And then at eight twenty-nine, the update from Karen still not able to get in. It's quite infuriating. Like, how long do I sit here while I'm working and keep hitting refresh? Right. Ridiculous system. Tried calling 311 as well and just a steady, busy signal. And Eve weighing in saying, I can't believe in 2022 that Manitoba servers keep crashing no matter what activity people are trying to do. Is it 1990 when the Internet is getting established? Like we see this when uh, the province opens up the camping registration. Sure. And now we're seeing it when the city opens up the the leisure guide i and i'd be curious to know if someone listening right now has some experience some it experience because it would be easy it's easy for us to just sit here and say why can't they figure it out but i'm curious like if you know that you your website is about to be pounded Mm -hmm. with all kinds of traffic can you not like somehow shore that up like shore up that infrastructure that digital infrastructure to uh, take it on? Like what happens in a situation like this where it just gets overwhelmed? I, I don't know the answer to that. And I'd be curious to know, is it just a, a situation of poor planning? Is it poor infrastructure? Just not enough room? I don't know. Uh, but it does seem ridiculous that in 2022, uh, when we all carry computers around in our pockets and can get on the internet in the, sometimes in the middle, not necessarily the middle of nowhere, but from places where we never would have thought possible that I can't sit at a desktop and log on and get get a kid into swimming lessons. Yeah, Vince says the city really needs to upgrade the Commodore 64. 
this uh, backbone of this guide registration seems to be running on. So that thank you for the laugh. We needed that one, Vince. And uh, Gene says, oh, I thought this was going to be a good news text because the first um, three words were, I got through. No, Gene qualifies it. I got through easier to buy tickets to Adele in 2016 than some poor mom trying to get their kid in swimming le- swimming lessons. Go figure. And I've often joked that maybe we should have Ticketmaster run the registration for the for the swimming lessons in particular. But I don't know if I could handle the the four dollar or eight dollar per registration surcharge that Ticketmaster seems uh, required to charge. Yeah, and the swimming lessons. It's just such. It's such an important skill to have. And at the same time, you don't want your kids to fall by behind their peers. Um, you know, it, I never made it past green. You mentioned colors, Greg, and I never got my green badge. And that's essentially where I bailed out because of the stupid whip kick. Couldn't figure out oh, the whip yes. kick. The dumb whip kick. But uh, regardless, I learned enough that... I can swim, and if I get myself into uh, a difficult situation, you know, if I ever found myself in a difficult situation, while I don't swim a lot anymore, I can still swim because I learned that skill when I was a kid. And I, I fear that it would be one of those things where if my parents didn't make me learn how to swim, you know, if I got into my 20s, would I, is that something I would, I would take the time to, to learn? I don't know. Uh, so, of course, this is an important thing and why they can't figure this out. Like it, 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 it's sort of ironic that it's called the leisure guide because there doesn't seem to be anything leisurely about trying to partake in this process. Well, you need to register for the program so you can bring your blood pressure down and get your heart rate rested. And, <laughs> and, and so you're healthy for the next time around. So you don't, you know, don't go into cardiac arrest uh, with all due respect to those who have dealt with that. Uh, Chris says, Hey guys, keep in mind, it used to be a Vic 20, so the Commodore 64 is an upgrade. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, well, there was one other one that was uh, pretty funny here. Oh, Kevin asking all the questions that you get at work. Are you hooked up to the VPN? Have you tried resetting your computer? All the questions <laughs> we get here when we have issues. So, uh, Kevin, thank you for trying to troubleshoot from afar. For those on the leisure guide, I know you're distracted otherwise, but we really would like to hear from you if you can let us know how that process is going or by the sounds of things not going for you too. 04-780-6868. And Nancy says, I'm listening to you with my 13-year-old son. He quit after two tries of the whip kick. Will is with you, the stupid whip kick. It's Mackling and McGarry McNabb on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. We have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Wine Festival. And uh, we are asking you at 204-780-6868 about things that you are into. Like yesterday, we talked about the things that you used to be into, but you're not anymore. But maybe you kind of miss it. Today, we're asking about the things that you're into as per Warren suggestion. Listener Warren. Thank you, Warren. Things that you're into today that once upon a time, not a chance. And we had a couple. We actually had a, quite a few people uh, along these lines. Uh, but before that, uh, sorry, I'm just seeing this now. Uh, we have an update on the leisure guide system. Go ahead, Greg. This from the city of Winnipeg, Brett. We have temporarily suspended leisure guide registration while we work through technical difficulties. Please stay tuned to our official Twitter and Facebook pages for updates on when registration will recommence. We apologize for the inconvenience and thank you for your patience. 
William saying, I never thought I would be a CJOB listener. Not a huge fan of listening to music, so limited options. Was listening to another talk station more recently. Jim Toth was there. But after that was abruptly gone in February 2021, I needed something to listen to in the background as I worked from home during COVID. So CJOB it was. I now listen as I drive to and from work each day. And I keep joking that now I'm officially old, LOL. We get that a lot. People think they're old because they're listening to CJOB. No, you're not. I'm only 44. like to think that. I, I like to add that. I'm only. I, I know I'm getting old, but uh, I'm not ready to acknowledge it fully yet. And then Sylvia along the same lines, Greg. Yeah, I got the same thing on the golf course the other day from somebody. And I said, no, hold on. Listen to Sylvia. She says it the best. Years ago, CJOB was not my main radio station. However, when I was young, my parents had CJOB on constantly. I remember at 820 listening to the school bell to get me off to school. Years later, I start my morning with the start and have the radio on all day. I even look forward to the weekends with Clay Young and listening to the couch potatoes. Wow. I absolutely love the banter, the laughter, the information I get from this radio station. I love getting to know all of the personalities on the station and like a good cup of coffee in the morning to start my day. I also need the family of CJOB. Well, thanks for being a part of the family, Sylvia. We appreciate that feedback. But Steve is our winner. Steve says, when I was a teenager living in Toronto until I was in my mid-30s, I was never into concerts. I turned down. I turned down the Rolling Stones, Depeche Mode, U2, Kiss, so many great bands in their prime. Until I went to see ACDC at the old Winnipeg Stadium, I was hooked. I have to get to see concerts whenever I can. There's just nothing like listening to music live. I had so many albums, 45 CDs, love, love, love music, but was never into going to concerts until one day, 13, 14 years ago, it became a new passion. And I said to Steve, that was your first concert? Like, I remember being, I was working an evening shift on that Saturday night at uh, when our station was at Polo Park and ACDC was blowing up the stadium. There was pyro shooting out over top of the grandstands. That's a that's a crazy show to go to for your very first concert. So way to go, Steve. You're going to the wine festival.